Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day guys, welcome back to Beers and Break Evans, our final episode for 2023, brought to you by Blue Wealth Property, our long-time supporters, two years now running and hopefully into a third next year. We love Tony Mortz and the team over there. They've got some big events still to come over the next couple of weeks and into the off-season as well. We have got the 26th of September, not too far away, the Gen Z Education, a very, very interesting one there. Sydney Olympic Park, 6.30pm to 8.30. Wealth through property on the 28th of September, that one is at Sydney Olympic Park, or you can join via the webinar. Webinar. Oh, never get sick of hearing that. How good. Man. Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> um, and then we have got the Wealth Through Property. Now, this is into October, so after the grand final week, so you can sort out a hangover there and head into Melbourne at South Bank, 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Imagine if the Melbourne Storm take home the Prem. Actually, it's the 9th of October, so it's going to be a Cam Munster-style bender, but imagine if they take home the Prem into a Blue Welter. Yeah, we might have to do a live show from South Bank. Don't tell Melbourne. me. <laughs> uh, Blue Wealth Property, once again, Wealth Through Property live in Adelaide. That's coming to you 6.30pm to 8.30pm. And then the last one, October 24 on the Gold Coast in City up there from Mermaid Beach, 6.30pm to 8.30pm. Uh, Timmy, we've been very lucky to have Blue Wealth Property come on board. They have been... Uh, Fantastic partners for us and uh, obviously business fantastic, but just the people in the office there, I love them. Yeah, two years on the trot sport and beers and break even, mate. So very grateful to Tony and his team there and as you said, just, just good people um, to, to be able to get them on the show and have you honest. And we've been out to the office a few times, sitting there talking to Mort's about the Mortimer f- history and, and the doggies and even Mort's coming through the grades mm. as a handy footballer and all the, all the stories he's got at the doggies there. Listen to Tony dribble on about why his team went no good in Supercoach year in, year out. It's been a ball, mate. So, uh, as I said, we, we're so lucky and, and very fortunate, Guru, to, to spend time talking about footy and talking about Supercoach each week. And uh, without a team like Tony and Blue Wealth, we wouldn't be able to do it. So Yeah, for sure. Very good people out there and we, uh, we'd we be lost without them. So, shout out to Blue Wealth Property. And guys, if you are over the off-season, whatever it might be, if you're looking uh, to have a look into all this sort of stuff we've been talking about for 30-odd weeks, please reach out to myself or Timmy. We can send you in the right direction with a link there or it'll be in the description here and whatnot. Also, guys, shout out to Kempi. Uh, he's obviously done huge overs for myself and Timmy over the last couple of years uh, and obviously letting his house be and break-evens here. So uh, without everything Kempi provides to us without asking for anything back ever, except for he did ask us to go to the country and get pissed for four weekends in a row, which uh, yeah, you, know, so you, kind of you like, got to do tough carries sometimes. Dude. Yeah, after going to the pub on Friday night and watching the footy and doing a little live show and talking about footy, it's I think it's the least Kempe could have done. Yeah, exactly right. But uh, shout out to uh, Kempe, Father of the Year. Uh, we always appreciate everything he does for us. Uh, now, we have obviously got our roastings the last few weeks. Timmy was under fire week one. I was under fire week two. And uh, in the hot seat this week, is he our adopted son? 
Well, Maddie's our adopted son, but mm. maybe Riser could be our adopted son that we actually like. Is Riser like the other Bart Simpson that we keep in the attic? <laughs> or is Maddie the one that escaped? Actually, Maddie's definitely the one that we yeah. keep in the attic, isn't he? Yeah. I like that, though. That's good little. That's good from you. I like it. Let's bring him in. Riser of Supercoach365 fame. And. Very famous recently in the punters and dribblers page. Yeah, yeah, been king. having a go, been having a go. Thanks uh, for having me on again, boys. It's been fun the last couple of weeks. Mm. Uh, punters and dribblers, yeah. Look, uh, tell you how it all came about. I was just at home, I actually had uh, a third bout of COVID. So mm. between sitting around watching you blokes dribble on YouTube and uh, Kempy and the Hello Sport boys, I thought why not have a go at um, providing a bit of light entertainment. Dribblers Day, it's uh, yeah. it's been good. Any, yeah. any nerves after that first post as you hit go? Mate, I was rattled, but um, I'll tell you what. Because it's it's such a um, I won't say it's a harsh audience, but geez, if you if you fall flat, um, they let you know. Yeah, in it's no like, uncertain terms. It's like Guru and I we, when we post late mail saying this bloke's out, waiting for that twenty four hour team cut off in the final <laughs> team cut off. You, you sit there going, putting out that player. You're cert, you could have heard it from the player's mouth, but. The grief you go through of waiting for that team is to see the name actually. It's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's not. And, mate, obviously uh, in the green room before we heard you calling Scotty Bellotti a cat. So do you stand by those comments? <laughs> all false claims. Anything that, um, to that regard is all false claims. I've got a recording. Yeah, so. I've got a record too, you fucking coward, aren't it? Um, <laughs> shout out to Scotty, mate. We love your work as well. He's obviously come in here in the studio before. You ran into him a few I'd weeks ago, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, ran into him at the pub Saturday night about three weeks ago. So... Yeah, but I'd, he'd been in for a bloke nosebleed show one. So many that night, I've seen this bloke before. It's the the king dribbler. Yeah, and even when he came in for the nosebleeds, I saw him at one point with his phone out. He was actually taking a photo of me, making a meme of me in that moment. Yeah. That was going nuts in punters and dribblers. He's bloody good at what he does. Yeah, you got some work to do, Riser. Yeah, that's commitment. Yeah. I know. Just sticking to my lane for now, doing what I do well. Uh, but I do need to branch out. I know um, diversity is key. <laughs> it's uh, it's got a bit of like a Joey Freddy early two thousands feel. We need a Queensland dribbler, dribbler to be Lockie. Yeah. You know what scared me when you did the uh, the side by side Joey and Cleary, mm. and you, I think you said. Um, Ryan could be anything, and it was at that moment I'm like, okay, hold on, I got to yeah. live up to the likes of shoulders G- got Jermaine heavy. Hopgood and <laughs> Isaac Tungle and all these other names. So, look, just keeping it quiet for now, doing my best. Yeah, just go about your work. I love that about Riser. Uh, and mate, obviously, Supercoach three six five. We've plugged you all year, but uh, mate, some of the best content in the Supercoach game. Yeah, look, it's obviously hard to co- to compete with you guys, but um, yeah, we're doing our best. We've had a good couple of years. Um, I think we're a family now, Riser. Oh, well, that's good. I'll, even though if you do keep me in the attic. Um, you're little, <laughs> <laughs> did we decide that? Um, look, yeah, we've had a Fucking good fish heads every week. Give him way better than basement, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least you get a bit of sun up there. A bit, <laughs> a, bit, a bit of warmth, a bit of heat. Uh, yeah, we've had a good couple of years and lucky enough um, to have had a, a decent enough year on the Supercoach front uh, this time around, but I'm sure we'll get into that now. Yeah, and I've, uh, before we get into your team, I've got a bone to pick with you. Go on. I, uh, I finished 1,550, which of course when you're going up against 157,000 people, that puts me in the top 1%. And then uh, you sitting in, what are you, 2,000 and something? Firstly, the bone <laughs> to pick should not be with me. No, it's to Direct with all you. inquiries, all feedback, all complaints to Tom Sangster. Uh, 2,144th season rank, but in black and white, top 1%. So Yeah, and look, my bone to pick might be with Sangster, but I just think the fact that you even still claim to be top 1% disgusted me. Black and white. It's rank. Jeez, I wish mine glitched and told me I was top 1% because <laughs> I'd be riding it as well. <laughs> that was the goal. I always said I wanted to finish, if not top 1,000, top 1%. I know it's just you know a bit of laugh, um, yeah. and you know, it doesn't really mean a, a whole heap, but... It does make the time and effort that we all put into this somewhat worth it when you can sit back into the year and you can say, we didn't have too bad of a year. So, Boys, I'm a little bit sick of this cowards chat about rank doesn't matter. I'm sick of it. I am I mean, abs- I've had a gut full of it. Let me say, it, it doesn't, it's not everything. It matters, it's not everything. I, I think it think determines you your self-worth. Well, I think you're only as good as your best year in Supercoach, as far as I'm concerned. So, I think if you're not first, you're last, personally. Ricky Bobby. I like that. Yeah. That's very good. Second, no, no one remembers who comes second. <laughs> Except one, yeah. Except one person who comes second. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, should we go... came second. <laughs> should we go through his round one team, where it all started? Start from the top, mate. Okay, so his hookers to start the season were Harry Grant, 
which we both would have been fine with. The other one, we were not keen on this guy the entire off-season. And to everyone that told me that Reese Robson was going to score 10 tries again this year, suck it. Uh, Reese Robson, talk to us about this decision. Look, it wasn't all bad, I know. The reason why I did it was because I was pretty certain that Hooker wasn't going to be the high-ceiling play this year. Yep. And you might think, well, that's stupid. Why did you buy two guys that cost upwards of 600K? I did it purely because their buys overlapped so nicely, those two. I was always going to have a, a quote-unquote premium hooker for the first 15 or 16 weeks. So when Harry was on the buy in origin, uh, or in origin, I should say, Robbo was playing. Um, little did I know that Robbo was actually going to get picked in the origin setup come game two, I think it was. Mm, yep. So, But that was my thinking there. So, mate, you... like. Guru showed no ticker, and despite talking all preseason about his doubts around cheese, Brandon Smith, as a, a round one starter. But he picked him anyway because mm. he's a gutted dog. <laughs> but you. BYO ticker. You, you <laughs> didn't get you, the memo. You didn't start with cheese, which, mate, huge play. Yeah, and like Guru said um, last week in his own roasting, he didn't like it. I didn't like it. Um, I think. Everyone thinks of Brandon Smith as that try-scoring, running, dynamic forward of that touch-footy mm. type year, 2021. We hadn't seen it at Hooker, and we certainly hadn't seen it at the Sydney Roosters. I even, I, my default on that front was if Cooper Cronk couldn't come in and have immediate success at the Roosters, and he struggled with his footy, like the spine didn't gel, why was Brandon Smith going to succeed? Yeah, if, so, like if Cronk couldn't come up and increase his super coach from 20 to 25, then <laughs> who can? Well, Brandon certainly didn't. And then that was... Like, rarely do I sit back and, and toot my own horn and say, I'm so glad I got that right. But I was in that one because everyone was big on Brandon. Everyone had Brandon, I think. No, yep. We'll do it for you, mate. Huge play. Yeah, big play. I'll back that. Uh, mate, your front row forwards, your starting front row forwards were Christian Welsh and Ruben Cotter. Got a bait for both of you here, eh? Did I have Cotter? Yeah. I didn't have him long, I'll tell you that. He, yeah, you wouldn't he, have had him long. He came and uh, went quicker than, yeah, than he could have uh, stuck To around. be fair, Ruben Cotter... Game one, 63 and 67 minutes. Sweet. Rondell Goldmine here. Week two, 52 and 56. Keeping in mind, paid 6.20 for him. That was more than I thought. Yeah. Uh, week three, yes, yeah, so that was his first two weeks. Week three, he got injured and only played 46 minutes and had 43. So then he was injured and we sold him because he got injured. So it wasn't all bad, but I think where I went wrong and, and where we all went wrong who bought him, we were all expecting 80 minutes and 80, 80 points. What happened there? Yeah, I'm just um, kicking the old intern that died under here. Um, <laughs> I also think when I think back to the preseason, I, I actually remember us sort of talking about Cotter at 625, not being value, yeah, but not being at a bad price for what we thought he could do because we were expecting the 80 minutes him to explode. Put it this way, he was priced on a 59 average the year before, 53 this year, as I said, with a few... There was numerous injury-impacted games early on in the season. Played fewer minutes, came back through fewer minutes, eased through origin. On a 53 average, starting next year, Cowboys needing to bounce back. Huge chances in my round one team. I think you'll see as we go on, I really over-indexed in the Cowboys. I did the same thing 2022 with the Roosters. I, I really front-loaded those first three weeks. Cotter, and, and we'll get to my halves in a sec, but that's probably two areas where if I look back, I, I wouldn't be so keen knowing what I know now. There is one cowboy that stands out for me on this list that I can't wait to get to. Yeah, Who on. do you go for? Which, which footy team do you go for? Well, my uh, super coach team is Fins and Tins. So um, I was behind the Fins this year. So I know um, Timmy obviously hates the Dolphins. Hates we, them. We know hates them. Um, I was the self-proclaimed biggest Dolphins fan in New South Wales, um, albeit there's probably not many. But yeah. I, I, the, the story goes, um, I was always a Cronulla Sharks fan growing up. I worked at the club when they won the comp. Yeah. Um, they say never meet your heroes, so after I leave here today, I'll, I'll probably end up not liking you <laughs> as well, Guru. Um, no, nah, but like... Join the queue. <laughs> yeah, I'm in it too. I think everyone knows. <laughs> no one hates me more than me. <laughs> I think everyone knows um, that Maddie the Waterboy and I worked at New South Wales Rugby League together. Yeah. And it was sort of like, particularly then when we kept more eyes across more teams, I sort of was desensitised by having a, a team. Yeah. Anyway, so I sort of not fell out of love with the game. I loved the game, loved rugby league, but in terms of that diehard, rusted on support, I just... Couldn't have it. So the Dolphins, why not get behind the battlers? This is very Guru-esque, just quietly. Yeah. I might have found one of my own here. Oh. I just love How rugby good. league. I'll sit there, I'll watch eight games a week, but I'm not going to sit, you know. For so long, I was bound by the result of how the Sharks went and I'd mm. turn up either to work or school or somewhere on Monday and I'd be gutted because they've just lost again. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now I do that with the Dolphins because they also lose quite often. <laughs> yeah, fair shout. I like that. So you're, you're like me, you're a fan of the game. Love the game. Love Jesus the game. Jesus Christ, yeah. what am I sitting with you? Love that. 
Oh, sorry. You, you, you're a Bulldogs fan or a Raiders uh, fan today? Like, I will watch the old 6pm Titans Newcastle yeah. with as much intent as I would Panthers Storm. Yeah, one of us. Just love it. Yeah, good. Love that. Um, second row forwards. Jeez, uh, this is a guru-a-thon. Bryce Cartwright, <laughs> Jermaine Hopgood and Teague Wilton. Uh, I think I was pretty similar. You started with the Cardi Party. I love that. I'll tell you what, and... You'll get to my reserve soon, but I went all in. I had three eels, cheapy two RFs. I had throwing Matt Dury in that lot as well. Um, talk about over-indexing. But yeah, Cardi, Jeez. Dury, and Hopgood, two of those three uh, repaid my faith um, to no end. So I was pretty happy with that. Teague, I think Teague was sort of what we expected. Like he was going to be a little bit tri-dependent. Um, I think he got a couple of injuries, a couple of head knocks at different stages as well. So... Um, I think we'll see better out of Teague next year than we did this year. Yeah, I think Teague's a really, really interesting guy. I expected a lot more out of him than what we got this year, to be completely honest with you. I thought, yeah. I think defensively there are a lot of issues there that could stand in his uh, way. Yeah. He's got such a bright future, I think, Teague, but there is no hiding away from the defensive record on that left edge from when he got injured yep. and left that side. As I said, I, I love him as a footballer, great in attack. Work to do in defence. Yep. But he's young. He's got time. And to his credit, I mean, with all due respect to Matty Moreland that was inside him, didn't, didn't make yeah. his life any easier. So <laughs> <Yeah>. Also <laughs> coincided with the defensive yeah. change. A lot of water sure. under that bridge. So yeah. Teague Wilton will be an interesting guy. Uh, your halfbacks, <laughs> I love this. Come on. I don't know how well it worked out Jeez. for you, but I love bold and brazen stuff. Sam Walker and Jerome Hughes. Talk to me. I saw the Panthers round three bye, and I knew that like you either buy Cleary or you don't. I'm like, I can do without Nath for two weeks. If he's going to make a heap of points or a heap of cash, I can just get him in round four. I haven't done too much damage. Um, conversely to that, I either hit up Sammy Walker and Jerome Hughes, who I think the Storm had a decent enough start to the year. I know Eels, they, Dogs, Titans round three. Looked beautiful on paper. Good draw. Um, Hughesy, ball runner. He scored a try against the Dogs round two. And that was the moment I'm like, that really vindicated not having Cleary. Yep. I think I got Cleary round four. It was pretty soon. Like I'd, I sort of said a few weeks ago, Fafita, Latrell, these sort of guys are players I, I hate watching play without owning them. Cleary definitely falls into that. Cleary bracket. round five. five. Yeah. I was absolutely Nico round four. death riding Cleary. Like you wouldn't believe mm. those first two weeks. It was yeah. the worst. He had the best. He would have taken six daily end points, but he got away with a 50 super 53 and 40. Oh. Yeah. And for me, I was like tick, tick, tick. Beautiful start. Yeah, yeah. I think that round two was against South Sydney. I remember there was a couple of times where I thought he was going to lay on big points. And I think it was Sonny Luke that night that stole a lot from him. Sonny Luke's one big game. I'm genuinely shocked. Yeah. That he had a big game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, believe me, I was very excited. Exactly. Uh, Luke Garner that night. We were league two of the regional tours in Wagga or somewhere. Yep. We're at the pub. I was elbow deep in a big bucket of KFC just yeah. before that. It was great. Yeah, and we had this pre-season stash about Garner, and he dropped. Remember, he made a line break. You won't remember. Made I do. Line, I do remember. Made a it. line break. Yeah. Try. Nothing looked amiss. One of those ones. Went up. Went for a try. Just as he was about to kick the goal, do, 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 went upstairs, and he bobbled over the line. I just went, oh. And then do you remember what happened just on half time? He had a blatant knock on. That I Luai picked up and put in a kick for I Isaac do, Tonga. Yeah, and he got a fucking try. It was a knock-on. You were sitting there going, I'm going, you're fucking kidding, aren't you? <laughs> Wait till Zach Hosking puts his uh, boots on. <laughs> Little I, I, did we know of a Scotty Sorensen waiting to fist I both remember, of us. We were checking into our hotel and I was watching. Yeah, you guys were late there I, I watched night. it live on my phone yeah. and I saw it and I just saw a knock-on. I saw you 15 minutes later and you go, that bloody try and half-time bullshit. I'm like, what try? The Hosking assist, I'm like, you have got to. Garner assist, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> so where they're arguing over Garner and poor Matty sitting there almost in tears because the money's <laughs> <have> lost, couldn't <laughs> give a fuck. It's unreal. Um, okay, let's move to halfbacks. I love that. I froth that. Did Five the Bunnies eight. beat him? Did they? I thought... I think the Bunnies beat him. Anyway, I thought on. Penrith won ugly, but I don't maybe. know. Maybe not. Anyway, fuck Matty Buxton. Um, 
Penrith won late because I remember Dylan Edwards came across very, very late to stop. Put a late shot on AJ or someone. Yeah, and it, it went with a whisker. But yeah. South fans handled That's it really right. well. That's right. The bunnies came from nowhere. Johnston, 66 minute, Tash, 78. And then there was that one on the buzzer yeah. to win it. That's right. Yeah. I think with Nath as well, those two, I think they were both Thursday night games. Yes. Mm. So not only did I get away with <clears> just 50 points, some would have vice captain, even captain. So yeah, big play. It was Thursday really night games easy. ain't it. No. They're just a curse, aren't they? Yeah, fuck, there's no better feeling than when you hit one, though. Yeah. If you, if you can hit a Thursday night, you can put your feet up for the rest of the yeah. weekend. How good. 5-8. Uh, now, your starting 5-8 is who I want to talk about. Thomas Dearden. Yeah, look, you can laugh now, but... Um, <laughs> we will. Oh, we'll, we'll, you worry about that. <laughs> this, is, this comes back to what I was saying. I was just so big on the Cowboys. I knew I wanted that left side, and I couldn't afford... Did I have Val? I don't think I had Val. You did have Val, mate. I did. You had more Cowboys than fucking Jerry Jones. Sorry. You were flying. More Cowboy, Cowboys than Tom Payton in your side, mate. And I would have had Scotty Drink, except for I got itchy feet that Saturday afternoon when Tommy was uh, at home to the dogs, mm. round yes. one. Yeah. I remember just seeing Brooke Vale, looked at a picture. I'm like, Tommy goes uh, big today. So I actually traded out Tommy, sorry, out uh, um, Drinky. To turbo, so and then Jinky got well. one in round two. Yeah, <laughs> one point. So I was yeah. at seven forty six k. Kissed on the, uh, you know, we're pretty yeah. early. Yeah, something I've sort of slept on a little bit. Just how high we all were on the Cowboys to start, and if you did go all in, you've actually done pretty well to yeah, considering get to where you are. Or I think uh, I cashed out just at the right time on a lot of those guys. I. I didn't stick around and wait for the good run to, to come. I was sort of like, okay, if it comes, then I can get back in, but I'm not going to sit around and waste the season because I know I did that the year before with the Roosters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah if you're persistent with him, you're in all sorts, but good call, Cashin. Great call. Um, your CTWs to start. Paul Alamotti, Val Holmes, Taruva and Suwali'i. Suwali'i, an interesting one there. Go on, cheap. Yeah, I didn't know. Was he starting in the centres? I think I bought he was, him, left centre. I bought into a bit of that hype. I thought he, he could have um, done better than he did. I know he scored a try round two against the Warriors. Sort of yep. popped up his score a little Now's bit. How's Riser pre-show? I'm not going to remember a thing from this season. Yeah, round two scored <laughs> this Round try. two, he scored a try. Um, beat, beat two, chip chased, <laughs> offloaded. And uh, yeah, it went upstairs. They called about No, it ended up being a try. Actually, it was 18 he, degrees. I think though. he threw it back. Did he throw it back to Sammy Walker? Where he didn't throw it to Teddy, who I think I sold Teddy... <laughs> prior or I didn't own Teddy a lot of people captained Teddy round two against the Warriors yep. and I remember surely he made this break he didn't pass to Teddy oh that's right I and he flings Teddy. it back to who else but my other halfback Sammy Walker and Sammy Walker got up and uh, didn't mince his words yeah lovely yeah. you did trade you did trade James Tedesco in round yeah, and three then, and then uh, yeah Buzz did not miss in the telly on Monday no, <laughs> that one no. about Suli overhyped buddy anyway sure. so yeah Suli um, again probably one of those guys that I was happy to take a punt on um, thought he would be getting a, a decent ball or better ball than what he actually did get, but I, I think I cashed out. So I think I guess you could call him a mistake, but I think he was a must-have in the preseason, easy in hindsight. But poor Alamotti, uh, myself in particular, was very high on Brandy. Did not quite live up to it, has he? And it's interesting to see where he's going to end up now. Yeah, and what? Like, I don't know if he beat the Dogs next year. I don't know where or sign mm. him. Yeah. He, he just felt, you felt like he had a, a great base to him, which he, his base probably was all right, super coach wise, but there was just no attack to come with it. Yeah, and I, I think that he is also, and I've spoken about it a lot this year, he's one of that class that came through SG Ball and all that during COVID. So missed out on a lot of footy. So I, as much as it looks very grim now, I'm not completely giving up on Alamotti just yet, mm. but I will not be looking at him for super coach oh. again. Couldn't possibly do it. Um, your fullbacks, mate. All-star cast here. Tommy Travojevic into James Teddy Tedesco. Yeah, I, I can't I, – you can tell me better than, than I remember, but I just feel like Teddy didn't have the start of the year that we thought he would. The whole Roosters. Yeah. So he went 51, 55, 60, by 22, missed a game. Oh, 22 was the concussion. Yeah. Came back 42, started real poorly. Did you start with Teddy? Or did I? One of us no, did. I, I would have. Yeah, yeah. I captained him round one, I think. I think many did. I think I started with Teddy. Because yeah. it was sort of like the automatic choice, wasn't it, for the start of the preseason, wasn't yeah. it? The yeah. sort of slam dunk. I started with him, sold him, and then brought him back, and he did wonders for me for a while there, but he yeah. started terribly. Started terribly. I think my other 5'8 made that uh, start not so bad. Like, I was able to get... <coughs> we'll talk trade soon, or mm. just talking now. I got in Adam Dewey round two from Turbo mm. via the duel of Brimson, who, again, I was big on early. Um 
I completely skipped over AJ, sorry, your other 5'8". Yeah. Yes. That what was a, a halves combo. Yeah. Hughes Walker, Brimson did, and that is huge from you. Yeah. And to be honest, after a week, I was like, <laughs> what the fuck have I done here? Because I didn't have Cleary, Hines, yeah. Dewey, which I panic bought, and the other 5'8", uh, Ponga, which I think you had, Guru had. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Funny, yeah. funny how it turns out. It's Tell wild you. how you went without Hines and Cleary, and then you're like, I had to panic by to get Dewey. <laughs> well, um, Hines was injured, remember? In, in, in that. Oh, he was injured, was he? Do you remember that? I don't recall. Round four? Good to know. Uh, on. Talk about blokes, like I mentioned um, a couple of weeks back, that about going, if people have an injury history, like if the form's there, just get them. When we were going into round 27, I'm like, all right, how do I run down Guru here? What needs to go my way? And when you said as your one trade, you were going Brimson, I'm like, beautiful. Because he's every chance to do his hammy five minutes into this game. I was like, there are so many safer plays. Yeah. Uh, and by the time we got to Sunday, it didn't matter for that final well, game. Well, he was around. playing centre. Yeah, it didn't yeah. matter. But he, when he got two. moved to centre, I was like, oh, I was a, going, do I go Kinney? And I thought, no, I'll just stick with the pedigree. I was just like, I was certain you would have gone with someone safer than him with his yeah. injury history and you even you started with him round one looking towards next year love aj brimson as a footballer love him as a super coach uh, far out he's had a tough run of injuries i love that duel as well i think it was underrated like scotty drinkwater had that <coughs> 5 8 fullback duel 2022 mm. and i know uh, from my draft team where i had drinky it was so uh, invaluable to be able to flick between the two yeah. it's just such a rare duel and i thought on a classic sense that could give me an edge now you're non-playing players in round one this is an all-star cast here. <laughs> Frank Pele, David Mowali, Josh Schuster, Matty Dory, Sean Bloor, uh, Carm Pierre, Will Warbrick, and Braden Viliami. Um, anyone stand out to you there from that little oh, crew? I mean, you could probably uh, tell a story about all of them. I think Braden Viliami was the one that probably stands out. There was other cheapy options there, particularly Tyron Peachy, who I think was another 40K more than Viliami was, but went on to do much more than Viliami mm. did. Uh the other ones? AKP, I know I sold him pretty soon. Yeah, Loffy was there. Um, AKP was a real timing one, wasn't he? Like, yeah. Nearly yeah. everyone started with him. Lots just cut ties about three, four rounds in. Anyone who I, I held on him for a while, I don't know what you did, but then he did stream, he had some good scores. Whether you played him or not, he did get to above like four or five hundred K. And I so. drafted him round seven and dropped him in round three in a 14 man comp. I cut ties Jeez. very quickly. I was done. I think we were all less focusing on what he what his ceiling was, but that I think he got a five in round one. We're like, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. When I when I cut AKP, I was sitting, um, I forget which country town we're in, but I was sitting on the can morning after we'd been out in all sorts. And I go, fuck it, I'm trading out this guy. And there was two options on the waiver wire who I was going to trade into. Montoya or DWZ. No. DWZ wasn't really in the side at that point. And I went, I'll get Montoya. And I was so happy with myself. Imagine if I would have gone DWZ. Oh, that would have been the best shit of all time. You yeah, would have yeah, well, out, yes. You would have got out the KFC and got in the DWZ. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> um, who else did you have on that list? Obviously, Josh Schuster was a shit fight. Um, Will Warbrick, how long did you hold him for? Barely a month, I think. Yeah. And I, I regretted it because I think the week I sold him, he scored a double. Round four, Round you four. traded him out. Scares me. Um, I think he backed that far. But yeah, I think, or at least he scored a try. I remember I was just thinking, oh, here we go. Like, what have I done again? I think you speak of pedigree there, Guru. The, the Melbourne right side, the right winger, I think even when they're scoring 20, 25 tries a year, Vinavalu type stuff, they were never great super coach players. Mm. So he was sort of the cheapie that I went with out of fear of not owning him and everyone else did. But at that point, I was happy to get rid of him because I didn't think he would hurt me that much. You, you bought him for 200k to start the year, sold him three weeks later for 217k. The following week, 88. The next week, 58. It was 343k two weeks later. 390 yeah. three weeks later. <laughs> it didn't take long for him to punish me. But. Yeah. Can I ask you, mate, we'll sort of we'll get into your week by week now, but the thing that stands out for me straight away is that by week six, you'd use four boosts. Yeah. Now, do you – I mean, I, I ideally, I wouldn't want to do that, but I think that if you need to sort your team out, I'm okay wow. with using it four like that. By round six. Yeah, you, you used four weeks in a row, round three, four, five, six. Um, I think that probably, like, you can look at that two ways, right? I either went all in on cash, and you can probably tell me, like, in those four weeks, I, I would have made anywhere between $1.5 and $2 million, I'm hoping. But maybe it was just swallowing the pride and knowing, okay, well, you know, didn't, ain't it? 
or he wasn't it. Um, Brimo, I think, was injured pretty soon in the season. And rather than slowly just digging the hole deeper, I thought there's only one way out of this and it's just to boost my way out of it. Yeah. Um, I probably used one more than I would have wanted to. Three I was probably comfortable with, but four was maybe one too many. And you know what? I think it's a cracking example that if you have a look at your team and how you started with all the pods you had in your halves, that like none of them were complete shit, be- you know, bed shits, but none of them were hugely successful mm. and used four boosts in six weeks to still finish 2,000. Yeah, great. That's some finish. good super coaching. Yeah. Thank you, boys. The, the uh, other one there to on note, the and it's one we sort of went on pretty hard about the start of the season. Like I, I held Warbrick, Carton Prayer, just from learning lessons of the past, who had those horrible starts. Taruva, Khan Pereira, and Warbrick, who all had terrible starts, were massive ownership. They were all over 400k by round eight. Like, Khan Pereira got to 440k by round six. Same thing will happen next year. We'll start yeah. with these wingers who the tries won't come, people will offload them, but as long as they're playing all right and their job security is okay, you, ju- you just got to hold on to them, don't you? Like that the, was the, probably, yeah. The tries will come. One of my learnings from that whole Warbrick AKP situation was. You don't have to play these guys. Like, they can just sit there and, and grow as as they need to. But um, I, I can't even remember why I was in such a rush to sell them because I wouldn't have been selling them for much. Even, like, Alamotti, who started the year, not as bad as those guys, and his base was better, but by, like, round five, he was 390K. So he's made 190K and had a pretty poor start to the year. Like, there's cash to be made. In saying that, a pretty poor start to the year, mate, at the end of round six, you'd used four boots. You were ranked 1,783. I think it got better than that. As well. Oh, I did get better than that. But, I, like, you literally never, yeah. after round one where you were 22,000, you never fell out of the top 3,000. And only twice did you fall out of the top 2,500. Probably shows a different way that we all play the game. Yeah, Because big time. I was, like, the greyhound pinging the lids trying yeah. to hang on. Well, you, got, you say that, but... Also, you used, what, four boosts by round seven or whatever. So you've gone very hard. Yeah. So if you didn't get those results, you'd be, and you're sitting seven or eight or 10K, you'd be going, oh, shit. My thinking was um, the quicker I can get to, like um, we said in Guru's Roasting, the quicker you can get to those guns, the big names, I thought the better. Yeah. And then I'd just try and hang on from there. Um, where I went, I won't say wrong, but I, maybe I stopped trying to get in cheapies, one or two cheapies too soon, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, we'll get to it soon. I, I didn't buy one of the cheapies of the year. Um, but yeah, like my strategy, my tactic this year was to get out in front and make them chase me. Um, I obviously got run down to a degree, but top 1%, Timmy. <laughs> Still a very good knock Yeah, for what you did there. So once we get past the, uh, the boost-a-thon early, uh, round, oh, round seven, you bastard. I just saw trade in Jermaine Osaka. Jeez, she took some flies this year. And you know who I sold that week? I think it was Ruben Garrett. Yeah. It was Ruben Garrick. Yeah, and this was purely a uh, financial decision. The, the fixtures, I look, I think Garrick got a HIA, was it round six against Penrith? He was missing a couple of weeks, I think. Mm. And then I was just like, all right, well, who's similar in terms of price and ceiling? I think round, Osaka had yeah, it. Round six, and then missed, round six against Penrith, then missed Melbourne. It was purely um, break-evens I was looking at here. It turned out to be sideways in terms of points that what I would have got, or on paper at least, like a center wing jewel for another one, but it was a $200,000 decision for two trades. I like that. Nice. And then as I have a look through, you know, round eight, nine, 10, it was, I'm not sure when it was in this mix, but as you said, you missed out on a very key cheapie. Yeah. That a lot of us grabbed. Who was that? Jareen Buller. Yeah. Um, and I remember sitting here on, I think it was the, the playbook potty, and I said, uh, I've missed the, the Buller bus. Mm. Um, you boys been to Dinner Out Island? DG? No. No. Oh, so the Buller bus, that's actually a thing. So there's all the, you know, the, the hotels, your yeah. Sofitels, your um, Radisson Blues, all of these. And there's this bus which pretty much does a loop from 7 in the morning till 7 at night called the Buller bus, you know, Buller. Um, and I said, I've missed the Buller bus, but it's just going to keep going round and round and round. I missed it at 200K. I missed it at 280K. I missed him at 350K. <laughs> yeah. And by 500K, I'm like, I can't buy this guy. Um, I just took the stand and I just never got him. Oh, I, I do recall all those weeks where he kept going up and up and up. Like every week there was other things you could have done yeah, that really could stand up to that as well. But uh, yeah. And he, he was still a buy up until about 600K. He got another 
score well, got to over 700k. It, each week you were like, surely not, surely not. And you're like, no, nope, could have been a buy up until about 6, 650k. He just kept finding himself in position as well. Like, even as shit as the Tigers were, he was the guy that was scoring tries, making line breaks. Um, the night at Campbelltown against the Raiders, I think yeah. Fanua Pole made a line break, mm. and who was there? Jareen Buller. And I remember I was just like, it had to be him. It sounds stupid now, but like, you look at the fullbacks next year, and we mentioned a few weeks back, but. Tommy Turbo, really like this is round one, Reese Walsh, Caelan Ponga, Scott Drinkwater, all these guns you can go with. Like, if the Tigers can turn a corner, big if, he's going to be a star super yeah. coach player in a yeah. good side. I made the joke, and we sort of said it again, like the, the historical line you hear in Supercoach, you've got to have two gun fullbacks. Suddenly there's Jareem Buller, I've never heard of him, I've never seen him in Mats or Ball or New South Wales Cup. Um, so I just went around him. He wasn't the jewel. Like, if he had the dual centre wing, that I probably would have got if him. If he was dual, everyone would have had him. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I decided not to go him. But Mate, one thing I noticed here, round six, uh, you traded out uh, Jermaine Hopgood at that point, which I, I don't think was a big um, loss realistically, but you trade him back in in round nine. Yeah. Sharp so turnaround. I went to, yeah, <laughs> in hindsight, I went to Hosking, yep. who that was his week where the cash was coming. Uh, Hopgood was benched. Yep. Um. But then sure enough, I'm like, Hopgood, whether he's off the bench or not, he's going to come on. He's just a fiend for Supercoach points. Yeah. Um, and he's offloading as well. It's just something that he didn't put away, whether he was starting or off the bench. Offloading is, if a player's got it, it just doesn't matter, does it? It's incredible. Doesn't like minutes are just, they just generate so much. Why matter more often than not, even if he gets his 50 to 55, like particularly last year as opposed to this year. But when he's playing those minutes, he was offloading and having a crack. He, yeah. he was, he'd average like 70. And like guys like Maddo and Hopgood are such good examples because if you play them for 50 minutes, you want them to have more impact in that time. And how yeah. do these guys have impact on games of football? Yeah, they they create second-phase footy. That was the thing, I think. Uh, I got in Joey, Joey Tarpane pretty early in mm. the season. Would have been around that same time. Um, but Canberra just put the offload away the whole season. So about whereas yeah. he was someone that was 80s and 90s, Year prior, yeah, he was battling for a fifty the next yeah, year. Yeah, for sure, uh, mate. Round eight was a big one. You went, I oh, sorry, round nine. You traded in Jermaine Hopgood and um, Britt Nickera, both good trades. But geez, the two names you traded out: Reese Walsh and Tom Travojevic. All right, what was I thinking there? Um, was Walsh was he not suspended at that point? Yeah, I'm not sure. He might have been. What week? Uh, round nine. Was he you traded out Reese Walsh and traded out Tom Troy. Actually, you know what it was? I think I was doing a bit of pre-planning for Origin. I, I, I had him ahead of Ponga at the Played time. Played 10, 11, 12, then yeah. got picked for Origin. But the fixtures mm. were hard, 10, 11, 12. Manly, 93 at Suncorp, then 60, 70 at Melbourne, and then Panthers, 42. So, yeah, mm. tough run. And then yeah. did they have Souths around that time as well? You no, know, I can I sold him at the exact same time, mate. And, yeah, like... Well, he was going into yeah, Storm, Panthers, potential origin, Sharks who were going good at the time, round 14, round 16, bye regardless. Turbo. It's a terrible buy coverage. Turbo was definitely the, uh, the origin pre-planning. I think I was working backwards. So what I did in, you know, just talking a bit of trade um, tactics here, I'd always work backwards from round 13 because you probably end, end up with seven or eight guys that are going to be missing that origin week and you obviously can't get them all out that week i'd already used four boosts so i yeah, had a good point you, I didn't you had have, to make some early moves because the boost yeah i didn't have that that um parachute there to uh, to use the boost in round actually i think i did end up using one in 13 but um i didn't have two boosts up my sleeve to trade out a whole heap of origin guys so, so i did it pretty early mate um one that i've just noticed that came in round 11, and this would have been a huge kick in the dick for you. I know where this is going. <laughs> Take it away. Tell us. Brutal how this played out. Lockie Miller. Yeah. So, as you would know from my uh, punters and dribblers exploits, I'm, I'm all about a bit of yarn, a bit yep. of narrative, a bit of dribble. And Lockie Miller, I love an omen. Yeah. The boy from Port Macquarie, in Port Macquarie, against his old club. <laughs> You tell me that that's not a rugby league dream. Yeah. Um, turned out to be a nightmare because I think he ended up with about 25 points. He was sacked the next week and never to be seen again. Yeah, literally until the last week, not to be seen again. Yeah, which wow. was unfortunate. I, 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 Lockie Miller, I think we all had our doubts as to his super coach. Um, I use the term again, pedigree, because we'd seen him do you know, the highlight reels, the tackle-busting moments. What have you got? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my God. At least I got him earlier than Tim did. Um, but in saying that, yeah, Lockie Miller, like, it was a bit of a punt. Um, I think he was gone pretty soon. No, out of my team. 
You also the other one you traded in that week, which didn't really amount to too much, but it was a guy that me and Tim never had it. It's a fado. You know, never owned him. Yeah. Caused me a lot of just grief as a non-owner around him coming in and out of teams just watching. Enjoyed the ride. Yeah. Really enjoyed the Val ride. Yeah. So this was round 11 was the week after he debuted against the Sharks and he pumped a 90 or 100, a couple of tries. Um, it's I compounded the Miller error because I actually only did that trade so I could have enough money to buy Miller. So I did two trades to essentially get Lockie Miller, who never played again. Mm. It didn't work out all bad with um, Val Tafade. He played a couple of games, made a bit of coin. I did sell him later, but um, there were a couple of those games where he was getting four or fives off the bench, which just negated any chance of the vice-captain loop. I'm gutted Lockie Miller's going to the Super League. Yeah, it's a waste. He was so good this year for the Knights, who, let's not forget, had been pretty ordinary for a few years on the trot. Was at fullback, was killing it. Still learning the craft of rugby league as a union background. Far out, he's a loss. Do I just, I don't like, I, I get if teams don't want to play him at fullback, but tell me he can't make it as a winger. Yeah. Just a waste, I think. Hey, oh. I think he makes it as a fullback. What price are we getting that he's uh, in the sevens team for the Paris Olympics 2024? Yeah, it's going to be a really yeah, good sniff. Cool. Goes to yeah. Europe, bases himself in a Leeds or Manchester, wherever he's going to end up. Stones yeah. throw, get on the train and go win a gold medal. <laughs> go play that for the weekend. Why not? Mate, use your final boost round 13. I did. Damien Cook, Torhu Harris, Ruben Garrick, pretty good pedigree to bring in. Um, and I would say that was obviously pretty origin dependent, trading out guys there. You traded out Harry Grant, Val Holmes, Jacob Preston as well. Um, just preparing yourself for that big origin period. Yeah, uh, Cookie was a good one because he came in and he served me quite well. There was always that risk that he was going to get picked for origins two and three. Yep. Um, so where it worked well that he wasn't picked, that's where Robbo was actually picked. So I'd always plan to have the two-hooker rotation <coughs> mm, again. True. Yeah, okay. So yeah, there was yeah. a bit of uh, hooker coverage there, why I just took the risk um, around Harry Grant. Who are the other ones in the boost? Uh, Damien Cook, Tohu Harris, Ruben Garrick. Yeah, so that week, Tohu Harris, I think I actually messaged Timmy and I said Tohu or JDB. And it worked out decent enough. Tohu, um, as Guru found out later in the season, uh, knows how to find the, the trial line. <laughs> Um, How do we forget that in your race? It crossed my mind at one point. <laughs> Unbelievable. He scored every week I didn't play. Never scored when I played him. Yeah. Crazy. So, again, that's there's so many sliding doors moments where I got lucky. Like, I think JDB was suspended not too long after that Tohu trade-in. Um, so, yeah, anyway, keep going. Uh, actually, mate, you, you didn't use a boost in round 13. It was round 13, so you could make three trades. You did right. use a boost in round 15. Mm. Right. Um, and you got a big in here, which if you held him towards for the entire season, it would have paid dividends. But Tino was one that you brought in here. I imagine he would have been reasonably low ownership, but he missed a couple of weeks. He did, but Timmy hated this. And I think the two weeks I brought him in, he scored tries. Like, you check his scores. He would have got 100. He played the Tigers. Yeah. He scored that week. And again... It was sort of um, someone I always anticipated to finish the year with Tino, so I, it didn't matter to me that I brought him in. He was going to miss a couple of games. I had enough coverage. Cause he, so what, you bought him in round 13? I oh, bought him 15? F 15. 14 or 15. So, yeah, you bought him 15 for the Tigers. Middle of the origin period. Yeah, then he had the 16 bye and was playing origin. Missed round 17. Played round 18. Missed round 19. So he was missing a ton of weeks. But much like Val Holmes... When he was on deck, he killed it. And he's dual as well. So I had that flexibility between him and Tohu, Tarpanay, to shuffle the uh, chairs as I needed to. Did you hold him for the rest of the year? No, I think when he got suspended, <sighs> suspended late in the year, I punted him. <laughs> oh, you poor bastard. Yeah, right. Yeah. Anyway. Jeez, he came back with a bang at the back end of the season. 105, 63, 85, 90. Yeah, Tohu Harris is pretty good as well. We did, boys. On that same week, uh, Clint Gutherson came in for you, mate. On the final SC Playbook podcast of the season, we did our awards for the season and we were tossing up all the fullbacks and there was a handful of points that separated Drinkwater, Walsh, Gutherson, four or five fullbacks. I gave my fullback of the year to Clint Gutherson. He played 23 games, covered the three major buy rounds, not round 19, sorry, two of the major buy rounds, averaged 79 points this season. Yep. Like, in that pack of fullbacks, he got my, my tick. It was incredible. Yeah. I think I, I remember seeing this on the Tommy Turbo <coughs> documentary. Remember we went over to Philly with yep. um, Captain America? And the, the guy said, the best ability is availability. And Gutho was available <laughs> every bloody week. Yeah. yeah, like that. 
So that that for me, like, and again, like, if you didn't own him, traditionally it didn't matter too much with Gutho. Like, he'd bang out a 60, 70, 80. Mm. This year it was 120, 150, oh. one, you know, 130s amongst all of it. So it was good. Paid off, paid off having him rather than not. Yeah, I think uh, f- for me as well, when my season, like, being able to have Gutho then at his peak, go to Caelan Ponga, freed Save up so much money. Cash. So much money. I think uh, we'd probably be getting close to the, the point in the year when, um, speak of sliding doors moments, Greg Marju missed the bus. Yep. Remember he missed the bus? Yep. The only moment of joy Greg Marju gave me this <laughs> season. <laughs> so he missed the bus and I sold him to Caelan Ponga. Where if Marju's on that bus, I'm not on the, the Ponga train you could say yeah 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 fair and again timmy hated it company would have been fantastic he, he, he hated it i um i remember i said yeah look it's a bit sideways but i wanted a newcastle knights interest and ponga i was pretty confident he wasn't going to play origin so we all know how that one worked out mm. uh mate we get into sort of later in the season uh what are we up to round 16 here uh in comes john bateman but the big one Caelan Ponga got him at 604k. Huge. Yeah. Bateman was what, yeah, purely uh, round 19 coverage. Mm. And again, I think I was chatting to Timmy and Ads Darussi. They were big on the Tigers back rowers, be it Papali'i or Bateman. I just went Bateman because I know he's got that kick for himself and a try, <laughs> which worked out okay. I think he scored against the he scored Raiders at Campbelltown. I think so, yeah. I don't know if I owned him for that, but I remember it was that sort of play that uh, was the allure. And the other one there, sorry, say it again. Uh, the other one was Callum Ponga. Yeah, well, of course, yeah. yeah. Speaks for itself. And he was suddenly um, not just a, a great fullback option, but a great captaincy option every single week. Mate, the other one, I mean, lucky or unlucky, however you want to look at it, bit of a mixed bag, but you brought, you know, I spoke about how Val Holmes was a big deciding factor between me and Tim. You brought him in round 18. You would have thought 117, how fucking good's this? Yeah. Has the bye the week after, which you knew was there. He then went 93. Yep. And you, like me, are sitting there going... Val's a huge pod play yeah. now. This is great. And then 50, 31, season over. And I imagine that would have been in the midst of you being without Tino as well. Yeah. tough. I think I ended up selling Tino and uh, Val the same week. Yeah. But I was big on Val from round one. Like I said, I, I owned him from round one. I wanted to be playing with him as often as I could, but I couldn't hold him when he was suspended. Um, I think the weeks where he did get those low scores, his ownership would have risen. So it wasn't all bad. Like the, the, the blow wasn't as bad as it mm. could have been. Um but yeah, those two were, were the two options that I was neglecting to sell, but I just had to. Mate, the other one that flew under the radar here that I didn't really pick up on, I just saw him in the trade-out column, was Will Kennedy. Yeah. yeah. Had him as a little pod player. surprisingly high ownership, Will Kennedy. Was he? We didn't get around him too much, yeah. but there was enough that jumped on, hey? Yeah, again, it was that Tigers game. I think it was a buy-affected week. Mm. Could have been 17, even, round 17. It was around that period of through Origin. Um uh, it was flip of a coin, Ramian or um, Kennedy. As it turned out, I think I sold Kennedy a few weeks later because he was injured, uh, round 22. Yes, he got injured round 22. Jeez, a lot of guys you brought that were potish that within three or four weeks their season was Red Rover. Yeah, they had a great game though. It was against the Tigers. Tigers were in all sorts at the time and I just thought Kennedy on, on that Sharks back line, he was either scoring or dishing to um, Sione or uh, Ronaldo Molotalo, so... Yeah, I wanted a bit a bit more sharks um, than I had at the time. Uh, round twenty three, I thought was a pretty big one too. Yeah, too. a few big ones. I'll take us away there. Dane Gagai, Dallin with Tenny Zelezniak. So Dallin, you would have got. That's right. He was really popular, and he meandered with a few sixty odds. But like you were sitting there, what was the reason I got him in a bit later? But those couple of weeks when you first got him in, he got a few sixty odds, and you're going, "This could be like something." There's a big one coming. Yeah, Dallin and Gagai, regardless of Dallin's late the, the late season restings, two pod plays that they paid dividends outside of you know a late twenty five for Dallin. Yeah, I think you'll notice as well if you were to really like look at it in depth, the trades were for a long part of the season very um, like for like in terms of cash, like they were sideways. I wasn't making money. I wasn't stockpiling mm. coin for the back end of the year. It was pretty much, okay, who's hot right now? Who can I afford? Yeah, like like that 23, there was Val and Kennedy out, Gagos Lesniak. The week later, Garrick to Cody Walker. The next week we get to shortly. But yeah, there, it wasn't yeah. Yeah, exactly what you said. I wasn't trying to make you know coin for the last week. So I, didn't, I knew I was running out of trades quite quickly. So um, yeah, Gagai was one we've spoken about in a couple of the other uh, reviews that 
was probably unlucky not to average more, really, yeah. or could have averaged more. Mm. Dallin was someone that you look at that Warriors draw in the back end of the year, that last month, it could have been hundreds. Yeah. Which it wasn't, but it could have been. Now, I think we've been pretty polite to you so far, but I'm about Should to rip you a new asshole on these last two trades. Come on, I'm ready. Uh, round 24, you trade in Cody Walker. Um, knowing Cody Walker had a buy round 25, he was only going to play... Yeah. Two of the next three. Uh, I know that I... Oh, I don't know about you, Timmy, but I was sort of looking at Cody Walker going, fuck, if I could get him out here, I would. I didn't... And I fucking had Campbell Graham and all these bunnies. Um, when people were moving away from South Sydney, you were moving towards them. I am so interested to hear your thought process here. It was exactly that. Like, the only way I was going to make ground was by doing things that people weren't. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, Garrick, I actually sold him probably one week earlier than most others did. I sold him before he got injured. <coughs> okay, that worked out well. Yeah. Yeah, and then so look, it was God, about. Thank God, Ruben Garrick wasn't playing fullback the last two weeks. Oh wow, yeah, it would have been a, <sighs> a sight. Unseen. You might not have been in the top hundred and one percent. Well, here I am, top one percent, and um, <laughs> my guy. <laughs> and yeah, look, I don't know. You can look back and say, you know, what if, and it was a shit trade. It probably was, but see, outs. We all thought there would be a time when they just suddenly clicked, and they're still waiting. So. We'll see it maybe March next year. Speaking of shit trades, bring us home. I'll, I'll uh, actually, yeah, Timmy, you tell a story because <coughs> I was reading out my messages. Trying came out of the blue <laughs> late at night over the course of the weekend as well. So I was a mid round call going a huge pod play. My final trade of the season 0.3% ownership top. among the top 1%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian Toto. Out, Jerome Luai in. You know what wow. makes it worse? It makes it worse. So I was on the beers. The that was a Saturday morning. Uh, I was on the beers Friday night, and it was pre Roosters Eels, mm. and it was. Do I bring in Suiliti? And I actually said on the uh, Supercoach Three Six Five podcast two days prior how much I loved Suiliti, how much I loved Eli Katoa. Somehow I ended up on Jerome Luai. So, look, it was a pod route, and I still stand by it. It wasn't the right decision, but I don't think it was entirely the wrong decision. Luai was on 60 at halftime against the Titans, a game which Toto missed. Yep. Uh, he finished the game on 63, so mm. it just wasn't it. And then next week he was injured, I think, against Para. He scored about 20-odd, uh, done his shoulder. 24 is on after 27 minutes. You're not pissed me off as well. Like <laughs> He could have scored a try when he was injured. So that 24 could have easily have been yeah. 70. And then we all know what they did to the Cowboys the last week. What did Cogra get? 60, 70? They couldn't yeah. yeah, fair. Anyway, I'm sitting here trying to justify it, but it's it's worthy of a roasting. I think when you when you trade in a player, and to be completely fair, if Kohler didn't do well, we'd be sitting here going the exact same thing because he's not a noted super coach player. Yeah. Not a guy that's normally in conversations. Uh, and Jerome Lewis definitely fits into that category. <laughs> but uh, I just love the, love looking back at shit like this. The next message. So I've gone, that's a huge play. Not worry about him getting rested over the next two weeks. Rise up. Nah, I reckon he's had his rest last week. Business now. Titans today, two home games against his sons, bracket the Eels, and then a Cowboys <laughs> team who have checked out. Maybe I'm wishful thinking. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Man, I will say, I'm hearing that. Yeah, yeah, I will say this. I think that throughout the year, fuck, so many guys you traded in that got injured or suspended within yeah. three weeks. Like off the top of my head, we went through Tino, Val, Jerome Luai, Will Kennedy. Miller was sacked. Miller. <laughs> or the sacked. Miller one. Was, like, you've done was, well was to get a, to where you did. Was there a Joey Mardu round 26 captain? No, I avoided that. Yeah. Um, that would have been the icing on the cake. Uh, to be fair, we haven't spoken a lot about captaincy so far. That was one thing I did quite well most weeks. Like That probably propped up my ranking and it made those decisions not as bad as what they could have been. Um, well, from round three to round eight, you didn't have a captain under 86. Yeah. It's a pretty good knock. Fucking helps, eh? Like, if you, you know, there was some Harry Grant 40s amongst that lot, which I avoided the weeks when he went poorly. I think I captained him round two and three where he mm. scored well, or at least round two, I think. Um, round one, I looped him, I think. You have a look from round 16 to 20, your captains were 129, 156, 109, 137. Jeez. And even on your, mate, from round 16 onwards, his lowest captain was 71. Makes a hell of a difference. Jesus, yeah. Huge difference, yeah. That's massive. I think as well... Um, oh, he's one of those bastards that had clear ears. One of them last week. Fuck yeah. that. 
the looping was something I probably did more times this year than I've ever done before in classic. Um, okay. Just because I did enough out quite early. I had a lot of guys there that weren't playing. Uh, Franklin Pele was one. Willie Army was one. Um, my center wings, I think I had a couple enough. Tafade was enough, soon enough. So it actually worked out okay. Mm. I was the same. I used the boost more this year than I previously have. And I, yeah. yeah. And I, I think, obviously, when you've got like a Sonny Luke, it's out the window. Mm. But if you don't have those guys, I do think sometimes we have started to undervalue the loop a little bit. Look Not back. massively, but I, I think we have a little bit. Well, I think a difference this year as well was the weekly buy. Yes. So even, yep. like, even if you went with depth quite hard and you try to get these active players, there's generally someone on the buy you could use. And it's like it's not just a non-active player. It's someone that goes on the buy. You can use that person up until the final game of the week as a loop. Yeah, I, I just think that nowadays with HIA, Simbins and everything, I think that my mindset last few years has been to take a VC, it has to be 130, 140. I'm dropping that back a little bit now. I'm... 110, I probably take now. HIA is the big one. HIA is the huge one, and you just can't afford. And even like these guys are playing more rugby league than they ever have before, injuries and everything. My VC next year, I will be taking a lot more safer ones. I think there was one that stands out for me on this exact point. I got greedy. Uh, I think it was about round 14. Mm. Remember Cleary did his hammy against the Dragons? Yeah, I recall. Um, he was <laughs> My very pillow popular. still hasn't recovered. Yeah. <laughs> He was very popular captain that week. And I had the VC on Cody Walker, who went 120. And then I had the, um, you know, Cleary at home to the Dragons last game of the round. Like, it just set up so beautifully for him. He got a try assist early to To'o, and five minutes later, he was off. So, again, moral of the story, if you, if you have that 115, 120 as your vice captain, just bank it. I'd be banking <sighs> I'd it. I'd forgotten about that. Mm. It was... um. Three weeks in a row towards the back end of the season where like it didn't go huge for you. He got 74, 71, 81. Three weeks in a row he captained um, Latrell Mitchell. Yeah. Again, that's probably compounding. Um, I won't say it's an error in bringing him in, but it just I felt like because I was paying that premium price that I had to have some, some interest in him. And 70s, look, you take it. It's not all bad, but... Mate, he could have gone 151, 51, 50, and, and people who didn't count him would have been going, why did we not do that? Yeah. Like, it, hindsight's a great thing. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, looking at the list of captains you chose this year and just going through Tim's before mm. and mine, geez, if you got them all in the room together, geez, Nick Meany would stand out like a sore thumb, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Compared to all those fellas, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Hurts. Mate, the thing that stands out for me with your season, um, round nine, you're sitting in your best spot the entire year, 552. But as I said before, for the last almost 20 weeks, you didn't drop out of the three. You, you're pretty much in 2000 the entire time. Yeah. Gritty. Incredibly consistent. Real Torhu Harris area. Like, like we, we sat here at <laughs> six and 8,000 going, fuck, we just can't move. Mm. You were sitting at 2,000 and you couldn't move. That was my thinking though. Like I think um, I listened to you guys and you'd always planned of making up this massive ground late which it's a strategy it's a tactic but i think between us all there's probably that middle ground between saving mm. trades making cash and going too hard too early yeah that's what wins you 50 grand yeah until we all can sort of come up with that tonic we we sit here just talking to each and other and every single year as we say all the time there's no perfect solution every year or, yeah. or perfect strategy one year one thing will work another year another thing will work what works for your team what are you comfortable with and i said everyone's different they go about different ways yeah, yeah. i say um uh, to win super coach you've got to make the right decision four or five times for that decision to make yeah. sense you know what i mean like yes. because it's your first instinct then it's your second instinct oh is this wrong what has tim said what has guru said um so hard so hard uh, to as, get it all as right. we said the boys in one learned this has I think timing's everything. Like, mm. you talk about captains and injuries and this or that, but you mentioned Guru the other week, how, you know, you can make a few mistakes and go a few wrong pods and jag a few right pods, but it's, you know, it's getting Buller at the right time and mm. then it's selling Buller at the right time and it's getting Dallin for his run and it's getting K KP from early on. Like, yeah, timing's everything. And it's, it's rare you're going to make the, the right decision 10 times out of 10, but if you can make it seven, then you're going to be a long yeah. way in front of the rest of the other 150-odd K. Yeah, and I think you can almost guarantee without looking at their seasons, the blokes that win it are the top three. I'd almost guarantee they got on KP at the right time. Guarantee you one of Gutho or Buller, they nailed, yeah. if not both of them. They probably started with Asako and Hammer. 
Yeah, shit like yeah, that. Yeah, quite possibly. I yeah. think to that point, I think Supercoach, it gets harder every single year to do well um, just because there is so many, you know, so much content out there now yeah. making that decision. Um, it's, it's easier for the casual player. But I think it gets harder again next year because now we know what the Dolphins are about. Yeah. Whereas this year, especially Timmy, wrote them off from round one. Well, we all wrote them off, I think. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Well, Timmy hated them, but yeah. But you know what I mean? Like now this year, especially Tim, <laughs> we know that the Dolphins are that gritty team and Asako scores tries. Like you're not getting uh, Jermaine Asako pick 16 in your draft leagues next year. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, I, th- I think this year though made it interesting because you added all these buys in and all the fears we have on it. As much as I think it is getting easier for casual players, it did bring it back down to... And there was a number of things that happened throughout the year, whether it be Isako, Hamiso, Bullard, that broke every rule all good super coach mm. players live by, all the rules they live by, and just proved it all wrong. And a lot of it came down to vibe and just backing in hot hands. Back to the drawing board. Back to the drawing <laughs> board, yeah. Which I, I love personally. Yeah, I think it's unreal. So good. Biggest takeaway from this year heading into next season. Just have fun with it. That that's was so boring. Give me something, <laughs> Riser. No, God no. damn it. No, but that's – I come back to my, uh, my team name. Fins and tins. I wanted to watch the footy, not have too much of a care, have a beer and play Supercoach. And here we are dissecting every move. It sort of contradicts that. But uh, biggest move or biggest takeaway rather is play the game your way. Like I wanted to play hard and fast, get out to top 1,000 and try and hang on. Um, But as you guys have proven, especially with the Cola and DCE moves, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. So I would have loved to have had a couple more trades late, but maybe finding that balance next year, that's where I'll improve. In an ideal situation in 2024, you've won 50K. Where do you think you would have used your boost? Where I use them? Yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jeez, that's a very tough question. Very tough question. I know. I don't know how I'd answer it myself, but just, you know, used them very early, yeah, yeah, very yeah. fast. I don't think that's wrong. I, I, mm-hmm. I think getting that team set up and using that um, the boost early to almost like wildcarding your team in the fantasy Premier League sense, like starting clean. So after four or five weeks, I pretty much had a whole differently looking team to the one I picked in round one. Yep. I probably would have saved two boosts for round 21, 20-ish, and then absolute luxury if you had one round 26, 27. That's probably dreamland though. The like, dream. Yeah. It's just so hard to get there without using them in that. Yeah, as I earlier, I reckon round three, round 20, or like whatever the final, after the final um, origin round, lock them two in. The rest of them are all season dependent, team dependent, all that. I think next year, I'm going to get a glass container to put here on the desk with a lock on it, with a piece of paper that just says one boost. <laughs> and I'm going to keep it locked on the desk until the last week. I think that's my I can't wait to see it. I hope we do see it. We uh, should do that. We should have a locked glass case here. With our boosts in there, and you have to take him out when you use them. Like Survivor. That's really? <laughs> yeah, we're doing it, yes. <laughs> That'd be mad. All right, Riser, mate. Uh, anything else you want to chuck in there? Um, no, not necessarily. Just, yeah, thanks for um, sitting back and reflecting. It's always good fun to look back where we went right and where we went wrong. And I'm sure we'll have the same conversation this time next year. And Maybe a couple of times throughout the year as well. Yeah, for sure. And I guess from the two of us, mate, thanks for coming on this year. Oh, been a fantastic addition, especially when either of us were away or whatever. Fantastic to bring on. I'm sure we'll have you more involved next year, I think. I like the dynamic of three. It's uh, Good number 14 good. off the bench. You're a perp, mate. You've got Craig Wing written all over you. Phoenix Crossland <laughs> about me, maybe. Bit of Phoenix. Actually, no, sorry, Tim's Phoenix. Tim's Phoenix. He's got a bit of, bit of Curtis Moran about him. Good. <laughs> A bit of receding hairline, man. How are you getting it? Um, guys, that will do us for Beers and Break Evens for 2023. It's been an unreal season. Thank you guys for all your support. Um, the hats, the footballs, Blue Wells property support, uh, bloke in a bar. It's been a fantastic year, Timmy. I've loved every minute of it. That's it, mate. You can sit here and get get upset about good weeks in Supercoach, bad weeks, things that go wrong, things that go right, all that. But, mate, as uh, Riser alluded to before briefly, it's just bloody good fun. And to sit here and chat about it each week and have a bit of a dribble and cop some shit, 
Love it. Love yeah. the game. Gave him a shout out a few weeks ago, but Mitchie, our man behind me in the camera, thank you for all your help this year, mate. Been yeah. fucking sensational uh, from this to just other other guru content in particular. Mitchie's been here for all of it. The ridiculous hours I've asked him to be here. And if you knew what Mitch did for work and how, how rogue his hours are, he'd appreciate it even more. So the, thank you, mate. The we genius behind it, it all. Yeah. All right. Call her a day. Audio. Feed up time. Barley time. See you guys. <laughs> Cheers. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.